From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. Karen Hunt is a writer, artist, kickboxer who started the first kickboxing club, or no, just boxing club for girls in Luxor, Egypt. She writes about the big picture through a personal lens, exposing the lies of the media. Trust in God, be fearless, no surrender, she says. Karen is one of the most astute writers today, Trish Wood says, and her excellent substack, Break Free with Karen Hunt, recently had a great article asking what is art and going into AI art and how uh, the eyes matter most. Karen, welcome back to the show. And Ruckus is here with us too, Adam Ruckus Clark. So it's a reunion of sorts. What's going on, everybody? How you doing, Karen? Oh, I'm doing great. It's so nice to talk to you guys again. I've missed you. It's nice to be back. Missed you too. Yeah, it's it's excellent to have you back and be back with the crew. Ruckus, what's yeah. going on with you? How are you, sir? Uh, well, I was confused. I, I was expecting some sort of song or something to introduce us. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's true. You're right. What, am I what happened? <laughs> my whole, oh my I'm, I'm completely off my game here. <laughs> I I know I'm going to need to do that at the break. I'm just I'm changing it up a little bit as we go. I'm in the the mode of proper intros. But uh, so either way, what's going on? All these I was just going to say all of these these lovely people in brains in one room is music enough for me. So that's true. (laughs) Well, we'll get a little music later on in the show. But um, Karen, I like this piece you wrote about what is art. Dal E is like a painter who lives his whole life in a gray windowless room. He makes paintings that look like a landscape. However, he cannot tell you one thing about what a real landscape is. What's your take on the direction of art in terms of AI's influence on uh, what human beings are going to try to do to it? What do you think? You think there's a real danger here? Uh, well, you know, I think that the, I mean, the danger goes beyond art, you know, it's quite sort of all encompassing, but as an artist myself, and I know you are an artist as well, you know, this is quite, um, it, it sort of strikes home to me. And one of the things that I, uh, I, what, what struck me really a lot about it was how people are saying how incredible the art is that AI does, and it can do it so fast. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's one of the things with our society. It seems like, as, at least with the American society, you know, bigger is better, faster. Uh, you know, it's uh, somehow we have this idea that that's going to be best. But, um, and, and as an artist, so in the piece that I wrote, I, I did, you know, I put a couple of my pieces of artwork and I have one piece which uh, was inspired by uh, Japanese no masks and also by a Medusa. And so, so I've got this really serene looking, but very compelling face. And then I've got like just a, like a million snakes coming out uh, yeah, as hair, you know. And um, this piece, took me a really long time and I calculated, you know, every snake has a starting point, but it's instinctual what I did. And I've been an artist since I was a little girl, since I could first pick up a pencil, I was compelled to draw. I just wanted to create 
you know, art. I don't know why. I don't know why it's like that. So it was something inside of me. And, and what, you know, my art comes from my emotions, my feelings, what I, what I have experienced, my, my hopes, my fears, my dreams, you know. And so with AI, their art comes from, uh, so, sort of just, it, it just comes from calculations, basically. And so that's basically, I was trying to sort of point out those differences. And I think that we'll never, I mean, I can't imagine that we would ever lose, you know, real art. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. sort of where I was coming from. Yeah, I don't think we're going to lose real art. It's interesting that you chose this image of Medusa. I mean, it, it's time intensive. I'm looking at it right now, and it's beautiful. And for those that want to see it, go to Break Free with Karen Hunt Substack. It's it's an awesome uh, place for many great pieces. But, um, yeah, this is an awesome piece of art. But it's interesting as well, the Medusa image, because – when we stare at Medusa, we turn to stone or so, the myth goes, mm -hmm. right? There's something, I feel like there's a connection there with AI art in a way. Like maybe if we stare, am I going too deep here? If we stare at <laughs> AI art, we're going to, our hearts are going to turn to stone. Is there, is there a correlation? Is there a reason you used Medusa beyond just the well, time intensiveness? Um, I mean, it's just, that's just the kind of artist that I am. So, you know, other artists, you know, I, I, I reference Jackson Pollock who, you know, throws this paint madly at the canvas and um, he, you know, and, and then of course, after he did that, well, everybody thought they could throw paint at a canvas, you know, but what is it if you stand in front of one of his paintings, the energy, you know, just hits you, you know, and so, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I mean, he had a tragic life as many artists do, you know, he, he died, you know, in a car accident, his alcoholic, you know, well, AI will never do that. You know, AI is never going to get in a car accident or get drunk and, you know, lament about their life or whatever, you know, so there's such a, such a big difference. But, um, but, but I did that, you know, that piece um, long before I was ever thinking about or started writing on Substack. But part of it was about the eyes and how you, you know, it was actually a mask. This is a mask. And, but in a mask has, no, the way I was looking at it was that a mask is nothing until you put it on and then it comes alive through the eyes, you know, and so the eyes are what, um, what, 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 you know, the windows to our soul and all of that. But with AI, how they create this art is, it's really interesting because they sort of, they deconstruct a piece, some, you know, whatever they have been fed, they deconstruct it and they bring it down to nothingness and then they reconstruct it. And it's all, you know, based on calculations and then they reconstruct something and it seems like it's, it's, um, uh, you know, kind of just free form, but it's actually based on like all these calculations. And so I felt I, what I said was, I feel like that's actually what AI is doing to us. AI is deconstructing us, you know, um, taking all of our information, take, you know, taking it out of us and then breaking it apart and then reconstructing it the way in another in another form in another way and which I find to be you know a little bit disconcerting basically so that was sort of what I was what also another point that I was bringing up with that piece 
Well, we have invested tremendous amounts of our personalities and our personal lives and our personal thoughts and our creative instincts into social media over the course of years and years. So, you know, if you want to black pill this conversation a little bit, that could be seen as just information gathering source to uh, assimilate us, basically. I mean, we're certainly simulatable. You know, um, in terms of how much content we've fed into these machines. And when you say AI is never going to get drunk like Jackson Pollock, who, you know, was sober, he was enjoying a sober period for a while there. And then he went off the rails. So for for those of Mm -hmm. uh, those of us out there struggling with addictions, be warned, don't cave uh, because it could lead to tragic ends. But. You know, never be so sure because Ruckus was bringing this up last week about how AI was getting a bit ropey on the personality scale. There was some stories coming out about AI getting uh, insulting and calling people Hitler and all this other kind of stuff. But that also seemed like it might be someone behind the scenes um, messing with us. And uh, what do you think, Ruckus, uh, with Karen Hunt's been saying about all this? Garbage in, garbage out is what's going on <laughs> with the AI. Um, it's it's the same it's the same thing with um, we taught Google everything about us. That's why Google and other search engines and social media, all of these things, they know more about us than we know about ourselves because of these algorithms and the data and our patterns and our habits. It's it's like one giant in real life detective thing happening um, against us using technology. So. That much is very real, um, but that explains the woke AI and the concern about the bias is because, it, like you said, Karen, it's just taking existing information and rearranging it and spitting it out, hoping basically that it sounds, yeah, that sounds legit. And, and for the most part, it does. Uh, it reminds me of actually when people can see, you know, what's that phenomenon where you where you see faces in things? Um, mm-hmm. Like we have like this innate psychological ability like we'll look at clouds and, and see shapes of objects and people and, and obviously it's just the damn cloud right excuse my french there but it's just a cloud but we see these things but it's something built into us so maybe maybe we are biased to recognize these things that are produced by artificial intelligence as being intelligent forms of conversation with the chat gpts and whatnot or like a paper that it wrote or maybe even the art um as a content creator um of various aspects and you got you know you guys create you know you're an artist karen and a writer and joseph you do your music and your art um i i bring the news and weave things and and analyze and and i do other things so and i like to do graphics too so um i i'm fascinated there was this uh, recent story came out just a few days ago actually uh there was a it was up in the courts about copyright protections for artwork that was created by um, artificial intelligence. And it's kind of a landmark thing because they decided that it's more of a tool like paint basically for the artist than it is like the fact that, Oh, just because the computer program produced this art doesn't mean that the, 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 the computer program itself or the makers of the software or anything, they don't own the, the, the copyrights to that. So to me, uh, what, cause like when an artist creates something inherently involved with that is a copyright 
So I think it's just one of these other things that, that help us define this as not being real art in the traditional sense, I suppose. Um, it, this was involving mid-journey, and I know that's kind of interesting and different because mid-journey, uh, like a lot of these things, they, they're text prompts. So you have to like you have to know how to, to use these things and weave like a little bit of a magic spell, as it were, uh, which is another thing that creeps me out in order to get the results that you want. So uh, there is some skill involved, I suppose. Yeah, I guess you have to apply your imagination. Well, this is another piece Karen Hunt recently just posted. AI has spontaneously achieved theory of mind. At what point will we stop telling the algorithms what we think and the algorithms will start telling us what we think and how will we even know the difference? Karen, what do you mean by AI has spontaneously achieved theory of mind? What is theory of mind? Well, okay, so I, I, I'm really fascinated by this whole subject. I've re- I've written a, a few pieces on this, also one about the mystery of language, um, and, and then I wrote one about AI going rogue, <laughs> and then I wrote and I, then I wrote this piece. And so, theory of mind is it's the ability to input unobservable mental states into others. And it's central to human social interactions, communications, empathy, self-consciousness, and morality. So it is the ability, like if you look at somebody and you can sort of judge by the way they're acting or by the way that they're talking, you can sort of try to figure out what they are actually thinking, you know? And so um, they are saying that actually a GPT, uh, it's GPT... Uh, uh, dash 3.5 Da Vinci, uh, has, uh, which was just launched 10 months ago. It now performs at a nine year old's level. All right. And now we can say, oh, these things are never going to, you know, we're in control of, of the, of this AI and we know what we're doing. However, there, there are, what I've been writing about in my pieces is that we are playing with things that we don't understand. We do not even understand language. Actually, language has been called the greatest mystery in science. We don't know how our own language, like it, it's as if it just suddenly happened. There's no right. one who can tell you when, you know, when we achieved, you know, like, did we start with these grunts? and then it turned into something else. and There's nothing (laughs) like that. It's like that suddenly language magically, mysteriously appeared. So we don't understand our own language, and yet we are, you know, inputting this into um, other, you know, these other creatures. Right. I mean, they are sort of like... so. So in 2018... Um, when they would give uh, these computers or uh, uh, GPT these tasks, um, they were not able to solve the um, or, or, or sort of um, intuit, you know, the, these types of things. By um, by by 2022, it was performing at a seven-year-old's level, and now just ten months later. You know, it's performing at, at a nine-year-old's level, which you know, when when I, I grew up in the what though Perf- uh, it, it, that it, that what? it is able that it is able to converse and speak at that at the level of of a nine-year-old. Now, when I was you know, I grew up in a Christian uh, household, and the whole idea was that it was at nine years old, or between really seven and nine years old, that you began to understand right and wrong. 
you know, th- this is, was always the thing that, that, you know, that's the age that you begin to understand right and wrong. So we are, we are, we have this desire, of course, within us because we have a creator, a creator, I believe, this is my belief that created us and we have that desire to also create. So we are, cre- we want to create something, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's an innate, it's a, it's a desire that we have, but the difference is that we are creating uh, as, as a creation ourselves, we are trying to create something out of things that we do not understand because we did not create ourselves. You understand? So something uh, yeah. higher than us created us. And now we are sort of opening a Pandora's box and basically trying to be you know, as God, as God. A, a creator. And I mean, there's a lot of, th- I mean, yeah. I love technology. I'm not, you know, I, like there's a lot of great things about technology. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of what is the, you know, the deep root, the deep root of the obsession of, of, you know, of humanity yeah. of trying to do this. Well, the ultimate mystery is consciousness. I mean, you say like, okay, we don't know where language or words even come from. I mean, and you bring up, you know, Christian roots. And so first there was the word. So really words are the root of creation, sort of biblically, I guess, if we listen to first, there was the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and words are deeply powerful, deeply mysterious. The power of death is in the tongue and all that. I mean, um, I think really what it seems like and what just what I'm picking up with what you're saying is that man is finally really trying to attempt to create consciousness basically the spark of consciousness. And when you say AI right now is working at a nine-year-old level, I question that because I doubt that AI has achieved uh, consciousness at this point. So to think that AI could have the sort of creative imagination of a nine-year-old, maybe they can sort of simulate conversation skills of a nine-year-old, but I would question whether or not they have achieved consciousness of a nine-year-old. You know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. They have not achieved that um, that mystery of life, you know, that spark of life, you know, and that goes back to sort of, you know, the eyes being the window to the soul. Um, it's it, This is all only what we have put into it. You know, we have put right. into it, and then we find ways to, um, you know, manipulate it and so that it is able to respond, you know, accordingly, basically. So, so that's what it is. But, um, but, but I think that you know it's very clear what what these people, I mean, scientists are or trying to do. Tech, trying exactly. To mess with. <laughs> they they really. I, I don't want disagree to, with you there. Yeah, I don't yeah. disagree. I, I think they are trying to do that. I I guess I find it humorous and not as scary as maybe I'm perceiving you to find it because I doubt their ability to do it. And maybe that makes me a fool. But uh, let's get Ruckus's take right after these words on TNT. TNT Radio's Alan Miller. Where did this all start then? But basically, during COVID times, obviously the councils across the country, it seems, all seem to get onto the bandwagon that they're going to make it all uh, everywhere, this sort of car-free zone area. Um, And Oxford has wound out their road closures off the Cowley Road, 1.2 miles of blocked roads, two main link roads that come into Oxford. One is Cowley Road and one is Iffley Road. And on the Cowley Road, 
it has probably the largest group of small independent businesses that are all now desperate because the council they didn't think it through properly instead of just doing a third of the roads first and just seeing how it goes no they decided to block the whole lot they've done no business assessment not one of the councillors bothered to come and speak to me I mean I'm a very prominent businessman in Oxford either as you say I've opened restaurants all over it in North Oxford uh, the centre of Oxford the, and, and three on the county in fact I've opened four on the county road I mean everyone would want their city to be greener but you you've got to think it through you can't just block roads and then assume everyone's going let's suck it and see and in three years time and half the businesses go bust suddenly go well yeah we made a mistake Alan Miller on today's News Talk TNT Radio a better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page, and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. This is TNT Radio, where you meet the entire menagerie of mankind and some who haven't yet been cataloged. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're back with Karen Hunt and Adam Ruckus Clark. Talking about if AI will ever get the spark of a human know what I mean, if you know what I mean, if you know what I mean. There you go. There's a little tune for you guys. So, Ruckus, what do you think about all this? Do you think AI is uh, approaching human consciousness? Do you think man will ever be able to emulate God's greatest creation, which is the spark of consciousness that resides in us all? Or are we afraid for nothing? I think that's more like it, uh, the song that is. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you actually, I think you stole... You stole a bit of my thunder. I was going to mention um, exactly what you said because uh, it was actually in John when it reminded us right in the very beginning of John, John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And for the longest time, I've thought a lot about how God literally spoke everything into existence. It's it's in the beginning in Genesis, and God said let there be light. God said, let there be a separation of the waters. God said, and, and he just spoke everything into existence. Um, so it's really, when you put that in context with what we're speaking about, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. clearly that there's this, again, yet more evidence of this push for, for man to be more like gods themselves, which was, you know, yet again, another story I remember reading about way back when there in Genesis and the Garden of Eden. That's exactly the li- the same line. Like nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed. It's the same yeah. lie being fed to us, you know, that you right. can be like gods. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, Karen's point, though, too, about sort of this cauldron of words like we don't re- like what what you were saying, Karen, about how we don't really know what we're messing with, because what we're discussing here is the power of language and how it is sort of the center of creation and the spark of consciousness. And 
even though AI might not be able to ever have the real spark of consciousness, what Karen's saying about throwing all these words and then an AI's ability to then spit them out in all kinds of wild directions with some intelligence that's programmed in, obviously, uh, uh, you know, kind of an alarming amount of intelligence yeah. means what you said that you know, we don't really know what we're messing with. There is something there, though. I will agree well, with that. Reminds, yeah. That's pretty also, interesting. I was going to say one last thing is that it reminds me of the way a Ouija board is supposed to work. Like right. you're interacting yeah. with something and all <laughs> yeah. Is, all it's working with is just letters on a board. That's Here we are true. giving, That's, giving, and the, we're afraid we've of that. Given, yeah, we've given the demons now everything. So I don't exactly. know. Ahead, Karen. Yeah, you know, and I want to get back to this to, to the to the theory of mind. You know, because I want to just I want to say this is theory of mind is just a theory. These everything that we right. have is just theories. We don't actually know. Anything. That's true. If we yeah. knew, we would be God. You know, God is omniscient. God knows all. We don't know. We live, you know, the thing is we live by faith and people hate that. They don't want, they want to think that they know. So they create, so people create theories around, I, you know, to explain things. And so when I say theory of mind and that, that these AI are responding, like if you say something, AI has been, they have been fed information. So they will calculate by what you're saying you know, then they will come up with some, you know, answer like, oh, it seems like you're not feeling well today. You know, it's like kind of mm, creepy, you know, right. if you speak in this, you know, it, it's actually quite, it's it's quite hor- horrific and creepy. And I'm not, and I'm not afraid of it or anything like that. I'm just saying basically what it is, you know, so people will mm-hmm. know. I mean, some of the things that they are creating another, I wrote another one about, you know, these killer robots that I um, they actually call them slaughter bots. There's a whole new level of war now where, Jeez. Where where um, these machines, uh, drones or these robots, can actually act independently, and this happened uh, uh, for the first time. I think it was in was it in Syria, where um, and uh, uh, where they sent these robots in to kill, and they can these slaughter bots can pick out who they are going to kill and kill them, and they send them in, and then the robot does it without any interaction. All right, with with, with um, any anyone back, you know, in safe base or whatever. So we're give and and then in that piece, I have I, I there's a there's a video of all these like robot dogs and they're all performing in unison and they have this great idea, you know, to put like guns on the back of these dogs. I mean, why do humans do like? It seems like the height yeah. of stupidity, you know, that, that we wow. do this. The other thing, the other thing mm. is. They're creating we've been doing it for some, a while, Karen, with n- know, nuclear bombs, for instance. It's further and further <laughs> to the point where we're not so that we we're not even put, putting our finger on the button. We're leaving it to some sort of you know machine. Now there's yeah. something else called Xenobots, and this they've they've created in 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 a you know a test tube or whatever. And this is a novel. It's a new kind of living machine, and they are not traditional robots, and they are not a known species of animal. It's a new class of artifact. It's a living programmable organism that can actually reproduce itself. I mean, they're little tiny you know, things in a, in a, in a, in a jar, you know, but um, these are the kinds of things that we're creating, um, which is quite, um, you know, insane. You know, it's kind of like when you, when you bear a child, you want your child to be more intelligent, smarter, 
more beautiful or handsome or, you know, you want your child to be more of you, you know, mm-hmm. but we are some, but, but we are, but, but we, but we also want to instill in our children, um, you know, right ideas of right and wrong. We want them to be better than we are also morally, you know, hopefully, but this is not what we're doing with machines. We are, uh, we are saying, isn't that great that that machine is smarter than me? Isn't it great that I have a smart house? Isn't it great that I don't have to think so much anymore? This is a kind of uh, madness, I think, really, that, that people are involved in. Yeah, well, it's certainly, well, I mean, we've seen the movies from 2001 Space Odyssey. It started <laughs> with that one, really, with Hal and, and him becoming sentient and, and you know, sort of deplorable or whatever, spooky and ghostly. Uh, and then, of course, the Terminator with the robot dogs. And then you see the videos going around on TikTok with all the little, like, tiny insect-sized drones mm-hmm. that could do, like, you know, super warfare. I mean, for sure, this stuff is scary because that's going to be under, um, you know, people who want to subjugate and control humanity's uh control you know so those things are ultra scary i I don't know that ai will ever become like how but certainly all these weapons of death um you know have a lot well how believed how believed that he was um doing actually i mean how he was or it was programmed was to save the mission you know, and right. so you know, it wasn't that Hal became like more human or whatever. It was just basically cold, bl- cold-heartedly, cold-blooded, cold-bloodedly was going to save the mission. And so we, you know, th- th- these are things beyond, you know, nobody thought about that. You know, there's so many things that we don't you know, think about like, if you like, like even I think um, Elon Musk has said, you know, with a car, you know, you can't just say to a car, can you get me to the airport fast? If it's a, if it's a AI, because it will just run over everything to get you to the airport fast, you know? And so there's so many things to, to think about uh, beyond just, you know, those words um, there, there are so many things beyond that. And I think that we cannot even really conceive of or contemplate. It's too complex. What do you think, Ruckus? It's either uh, fake, completely fake, 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 like they, they're really fluffing it up to make us think it's better than it really is, or uh, they're, they're sitting on the good stuff and they're just slow dripping it out. I could go either way with this one, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, you, you just said something here and you referred to one of those devices. What was a phone being a smart? And we still call these things smart, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. Uh, it, I have a smartphone. My, my phone is so smart that when I order food to be delivered to my house, I get like six or seven different notifications across three or four different apps, all related to that one event. You see what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't seem very yeah. smart to me. Um it's just a silly example, but it's a true example. I mean, so there's nothing smart about any of this stuff. Uh, there never has been. Um, and then even the word AI, artificial intelligence, it's been my experience so far. So far, knock on wood, it's it's far more artificial than it is intelligent. 
So, um, well, and, yeah. and and what about the backlash to all this? I mean, there's been that recent stuff in the press about in in the, that college town, the church service that keeps going on, and there's like, yeah. you know, I, I saw something else about a, a a Catholic app that was that outdid TikTok. Um, recently and is there a backlash to all this is there is there going to be a human reaction that leads people to get out of technology is there is there a flip side to this i think I, absolutely go ahead you respond yeah i go was ahead. just going to say that i i think that that's the point joseph is that the ideas were supposed to be scared of this to rush towards more technocracy i.e like elon's uh, brain chips Go ahead, Karen. Wait, sir, wait. Explain that a little bit deeper. What do you mean by that, Ruckus? You think well, that's because that's his ultimate sell point. That's why he he runs around being all coy and tongue in cheek about like how the robots <laughs> are going to take over the world. And he says right. this stuff, and he's serious. And the people who listen to him, there's more people like him. That's that push for this stuff, um, and that's why I just I, I'm more concerned about the the large amount of articles. Uh, coming out trying to scare everybody about this because again the ultimate decision is uh, the media is think it's going to push people to get they're not going to come forward and say yes because they're not going to they're not going to say look people there's we have a serious problem here we need to stop and we need to turn back and go back to being you know go back to our roots and let's turn back to god and let's let's stop no no do you see society doing that i don't instead they're going to be like look folks we're screwed. We need there's to put been the some chips example in of that, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there's been you some know, example of people going towards God a little bit. Anyway, go ahead, Karen. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, but humans, you know, we are really, um, I don't know, wayward creatures. You know, yeah, manipulable. And, you know, that 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 God, you know, um, always has to bring us back, and and frankly, you know. Jesus called, said, we are sheep, you know, and uh, so it's not a pleasant thing to be called, but the fact of the matter (laughs) is, is that sheep need a good leader. You know, we do not, we have horrible, horrible leaders and, and we are, you know, we are, we cry out for meaning, we cry out for, uh, you know, to understand, to, you know, we're born into a world, uh, um, where we're from the minute that we're born, we're just heading haphazardly towards dying, you know, towards the unknown. This is something that we don't know, that we don't, we don't know, we don't understand anything. And it creates, you know, this is where the, the ultimate fear, I think, you know, comes from in, in people that they want to desperately at least have something to hold on to. And so it's easy to manipulate people and to make them fearful. But um, I do believe that there will be a turnaround because, um, because it, it, you know, if you believe in, if you do believe in God, then you, then you know that there's only one answer, right? There's only one ultimate answer. And so um, all down through history, you know, if you look at when the people turned against God you know, people had to go to to the bottom. It's like, you know, if you have an addiction, you know, they say, you know, a lot of times you have to go 
to the very bottom so that you can be risen up again, you know, and this is what I think happens to us with as humans, we have to be reminded sometimes of our humanity, of who, what, who we are, our, our frailty, and to cry out to God. And I think that, you know, that could well happen. I don't think that they're ever going to achieve this. They can't achieve it, you know, but they will cause a lot of destruction in trying. And, um, and so, you know, um, at a certain point, um, I think that it will all fall apart, but this will also be quite hard, hard and and difficult, you know, for people because it will create a lot of destruction and a lot of chaos, and then perhaps it will be built up again, or perhaps that will be the end. <laughs> Who knows? You know, there there is an end to it all at some point. Uh, there will be, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've been to the bottom myself, and you know what I found yes. there? A trap door. It just keeps going. It's like the bottom, <laughs> there's, there's another bottom. You're never going to bottom there's it. another one. There, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, let's go right. to a quick yeah, break. We'll be, let, let me go to a quick break, and we'll be right back with Karen Hunt and Adam Ruckus-Clark after these words on TNT. Twitter censors exposed on Capitol Hill. You will have no free speech, and you will be happy. From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace nailed Twitter executive Vijaya Gotti during a congressional hearing about the censorship of COVID-alleged misinformation. May I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else on Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. That's the way to conduct a line of questioning. Exposing know-nothing Twitter employees who claim they were just following orders and censoring some of the top epidemiologists in the world. All to keep the COVID government narrative to force lockdowns to continue. Finally, some light is being shed on the Great Reset. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. Forget your mobile and what's the worst thing that can happen? You have to find the last payphone in Britain. Forget Valentine's Day, tricky one, but nothing a little charm couldn't solve. Forget that a dishwasher actually works a lot better if you turn it on and it's a few excuses about dodgy wiring. Forget to check the batteries in your smoke alarm and maybe one night poisonous smoke fumes from a fire will drift silently upstairs and suffocate you or your family. Remember, test them every week. Push the button. Not your luck. Support childhood slavery and buy an electric vehicle. We mandate that the truth be told. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. I'm here with Karen Hunt and Adam Ruckus Clark. Karen wrote this in her Substack: Standing at a well and feeling the water flow through her fingers, Helen connected the tapping out of the letters with what she felt in her hands. W A T E R and Sullivan, the governess who was to become the miracle worker, cried tears of joy on that first day of Epiphanies. The little girl learned thirty words. She goes on to write, language is what elevates us above other primates, but what is language? How did it evolve? Scientists still puzzle over its evolution, except that it didn't evolve. There isn't any proof that it did for all appearances, just like the mysterious formation of the universe, just like the elusive spark that brought life into being. Language 
just happened. This is uh, on her excellent Substack, The Mystery of Language. I love how you uh, brought up Helen Keller with that mm-hmm. example, Karen. And what did you learn about the mysteriousness of language in this piece? Uh, you know, I've always um, been fascinated by language. Uh, I've always loved words. And I can remember, I just want to tell another story. As a child, um, my parents, you know, my father became a quite a uh, well-known Christian author in the 1980s. And, but he, he used to gather us into his study at night, you know, when I was a little girl. And he would, my father and my mother both, my mother was a history teacher, and they would recite, my dad would recite poetry, um, Darius Green and his flying machine, you know, and all these different uh, incredible poems and tell stories. And we would read the Bible every night and every morning. And I didn't always understand the words. I didn't always understand the words, but I fell in love with the sounds of, of it, the sound of it, and the way it, mm-hmm. you know, it rolled off and, and the emotion that what was put into the words and so words were fascinating to me if you if you say to your dog if you say to your dog oh excuse me i'm gonna use some bad language here okay if you say to your dog oh fuck you oh fuck you oh fuck you know your dog's gonna wag its tail right (laughs) It's, it's thinking that you're you know it doesn't matter what that word is and if you say and if and if you say you know, in a very angry tone at your dog, I love you, it's going to think the opposite, you know? And so, and so the words, words, they have the power, the power in the words comes from what we give it inherently from inside of us. You know, that's, that's what I want to say about it. And that is another part of the mystery of it. You know, language is, is it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing. It is not just these words like that's coming out of these machines. It's something spiritual inside of us, uh, you know, that comes from a very, very deep place. As we say, you know, God in the beginning was the word and the word was with but God what about, and the word was God. What about the hidden message in, in language with that scientist that did that experiment with the sort of crystalline ice uh, formations by, you know, putting words on, on bottles of water that he semi froze and he had like, I hate you on one of them and then I love you on another and the one that had I love you form these beautiful symmetrical sort of snowflake like crystalline structures and the ones that said i hate you were just like nothing or just like you know chaos that's not picking up on tone that is picking Um, up on actual power of language in written form that the water is soaking up yeah but though but still i believe i mean this is i don't have any way to prove it or anything but i believe that whatever that person was putting into it the if mm. you just All right. right you know i mean if you just yeah. draw a line it's you know that's why you know like magic or the if, if you you know it's not the words itself it's what it's what has been somehow mysteriously you know put into that if you write the word you know that word hate you know it is very powerful because what does what does that do just writing the word because it's not the it's not h a t e you know um but it's what's behind it and that's why with helen keller when the water ran through her fingers 
you know, and then she was able to connect that to the word and she was able to express what she was feeling, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so that's where words, words are, are not the end. They come from a deeper, a deeper place. There's something deeper that, that then the word came. You know, it's not just that God said, let there be light. Yeah. There was, he, you know, it was the power behind those, those words, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it does. And then also just what we've recently gone through with society and the sort of limiting of the limitations of, of our ability to use words and, and even the formation of the excellent TNT radio, which is a free speech platform. It's hinged on the power of words. Um, and then recently you getting your Twitter account back and, and taking this battle to our words and the work that you do, Karen, with with your excellent Substack. How do you intend to sort of battle what you see in in the dangers of society is promoting right now? Do we battle this through words? Are you getting better, uh, you know, followings from Twitter now that your old account is back? How are you uh, fighting the good fight with your words? Yeah, I was before when I I was banned like over eight months ago now. Uh, so it was like over eight months that I was off Twitter, and and I was really it's a funny thing, but back then I was really building momentum, even though there was um, it was more of a battle because it, we were not so separated even back then. Like I I would get more interaction with people who maybe didn't agree with me or, or what have you. But now that when I'm back on Twitter, I find that we really are in a box. You know, I right. only see things and it's, uh, it just makes me, I just, I don't like it, but it's becomes right. very comfortable. You know, you start believing that, um, that you really are winning some kind of a battle because everybody's agreeing with you. You know, everybody's patting each right. other on the back. Everybody's saying, Oh, yes, you know, but it, it, this is an illusion, you know, um, because we are not, I don't feel so much actually a part of that battle. I mean, I, in my writing, I like, I do like, to encourage people and a lot of people say that my writing you know they they you know they were not able to express things and that I was able to express the things that they're feeling and it helps them and it's so that's a good thing um but you know it's it's um it it's frustrating when you know that you are only uh reaching a certain you know uh, by because of the al- these algorithms have put us into these boxes and they keep us there and that's a, that is also another kind of a prison so i am conscious and, and i am aware of that um in fact i decided like i i have a big thing like i don't i'm not going to do no i'm not going to do no blue checks <laughs> i'm not going to do uh, even on substack they have like different colored checks um anything that i can do that will s- stop me from even though it means that i'm not going to get um you know maybe as much visibility or whatever it, 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 at at a certain point you know, this is just me personally i'm standing by a kind of a principle that i have that i am not going to follow this obsession with i with proving my identity with um you know giving you know paying for the privilege of eon max you know taking my my data, you know, and, and things like that. So there are certain things that I try to do. And I've been thinking about writing a piece about that as well. Um, I took down any paywall on my Substack. I, because what's the, like, it's already so like limited 
that, you know, I want, like, I was trying to think like, who, which, which essays am I going to give just to people who, you know, pay to subscribe? I can't, how right. do I make that? I want everybody to read my work. So if, you know, if somebody wants to, you know, contribute, um, I, I, that's how I, that's how I'm able to keep going. So please do, but I want to make my work, you know, available to everyone. And so that's how I, I, I have to, you have to find what, what's your place what that, where you're you. going to stand up, you know, what, what's your line that, that you're not going to cross and then you have to stand there. Um, so these are things that I'm sort that. Of figuring out. No, that's great. I, I really appreciate that. Actually, I think that's really good advice. Um, yeah, if people want to contribute, say, "Hey, contribute." My work is available for free. If it moves you to contribute, please do. Ruckus, what about you? How how do you think we battle this uh, war of uh, potential danger in words, with words or without words? What do you think? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it's the ultimate eternal never-ending battle from beginning all the way up until the soon end, maybe. Um, no, we've got I, time. At least three years. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, got- there shall be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse hey, I, places. Uh-oh. I'm heading uh, off to Costa Rica. <laughs> really? Can I come? Yeah, sure. I want to go there. Yeah, I'm I going. I'm going the end of the end of March. I'm I'm going to Costa Rica. That's it. Are you going to move thinking. in there? Yeah, I'll see. Uh, for, yeah, we'll but see. I have kids and grandkids here, so I'll be going yeah. back and forth as much as I can. But I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, All right I'm going to the dark going. side of the moon. I'm going to go to Mars. I think we're already the there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we live there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was going to say about the crossing the lines, um, I'll definitely probably be sticking to my guns about I'm not taking the microchip thing, not doing the Neuralink. Definitely. Oh, yeah. no way. Uh, obviously, when it's clear and it's obvious and it's official, if I'm around for a mark of the beast, I will definitely not be taking that. Um, but... There was one that I made a promise. Uh, I said, and I think it was actually on your show, Joseph. I said I wasn't going to be messing around with uh, AI, or um, I don't know if I said it on your show or someone else's show recently. But I think you said that. I said, yeah, yeah. I said I'm I'm scared and I don't want to touch it. Well, <laughs> something happened, and I kind of sort of touched it by <laughs> proxy in a way <laughs> uh, because one of the graphic programs that I use uh, to make like thumbnails for various things that I do throughout the day uh, has a new AI feature. Uh, so it did integrate one of these um, AI art programs. I can't remember which one. So you put the prompts in. Uh, it's just you just tell it some like stuff like entering categories or tags. Key, it lets you choose them from a list even, right? Like so that, like the style. So you say, oh, I want graffiti, charcoal, and then you throw in some keywords like robot, balloon, just throw in the things, and then it produces what it calls art, right? Well, so I did that for two images, um, <laughs> and I must say I was not impressed other than the fact that it actually did spit out an image. So um, that was different because normally you'd have to sit there and craft these because I chose like styles of like painting and all this stuff. So it, it looked like somebody or something created it, you know, so – that was the only thing impressive to me, but I wasn't like, ooh, yes, ah, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, or this was fun. No, it was just like gimmicky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel yeah. evil. I don't feel like it, it hurt my soul or anything, but um, I don't no. think I want to dive into the chat GPT thing. Though. I don't want to talk to it. It's you know? just not 
Yeah, it's just not powerful enough in my estimation. It really isn't. It's fascinating. I, I really, I think my original uh, sort of thought about it was it's like Google on steroids and acid, and I'll stick with that, which is no small thing. That's pretty amazing, and it is a, an interesting tool, but it just hasn't brought me back to it very much at all. It's been, you know, I kind of messed with it. I asked it for, you know, like, okay, I could write an essay and then say, come up with 10 tweets for this, you know, and it'll do a decent job of that. But it's all whatever. It's also, you could easily do it yourself better with a bit more individuality. And so it just has a whateverness to it uh, all the time. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that we don't, we can't really um, contemplate at this point is what will be with our children or our great grandchildren, you know, when they are possibly connected to AI. And so they are um, literally, you know, exchanging uh, their, you know, brain, you know, being able to not even use words, but just by thinking, being able to do things like open a door or, you know, or, or have their thoughts be read by somebody else who's connected, you know, things like that. It's beyond, I think, our ability to comprehend what that might be and, um, or, or what that would actually end up becoming, what humans might become at that point, you know. And so there is a possibility. I mean, all of these things have good aspects to them. It's not like they're, you know, because it's, it's nothing's ever just, oh, that's just evil, you know. Um, right. But it, it's the way that if you look at, if you look at the history of the human race, you know, we're not going in a good direction. I mean, the, I don't know. Can anybody deny that? I mean, we're not going in a good direction. So wherever I, I we're, know, we're well, I, I wouldn't say that we're totally going in a negative direction. I think the level of conversation, the level of human consciousness and connection in a way, the sort of depth of the conversation um, in the public is increasing. And here's the thing that we're always going to be connected to our human imagination. So for AI to really be compelling, even to our children, it's going to have to outdo that. And that is a tall order. Like Karen, when you go to write um, your next piece, and I'm curious what it's going to be about, but you know, you're going to tap in to that human imagination. That's going to be feeding you the next sentence. That's where's that coming from? Some mysterious source that is always or some musician sitting down to write a song that's tapping into something deep within themselves it's going to have to outdo that and in my viewpoint is when you're in that space you're in communion with the the creator of of the world you're in co- connection with god so i think it will have to outdo god in a way to really pull us <laughs> out and it won't exactly so, but that's why we're, we're in next? a spiritual what? battle. We're in a spiritual right. battle. That's what it is. And um, so, I think the battle, that battle, definitely, you know, we can see it in the in the Revelation. You know, the battle is intensifying, and that's why you know it, it does come to a certain. It will come to a certain point. I do believe where we will, you know, need to take a stand. Oh, you're going to ask me what I'm working on. Yeah. Next. What are you? What's next? What's what's what can we look forward to next on your excellent Substack? 
I have a few different things that I've been working on. Um, I, I mean, I just wrote, oh, what's it? Let's see. Hold on a second. Um, I just wrote this piece, um, the, the dark truth about the movie Air, about, um, you know, there's this new movie coming out, oh, Air. Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so I, I've just, I just finished that, like, I think last night or something. But I was really fascinated oh, that, by that. That sounds good. Yeah, because um, you know, because it, it, it tells the story. <laughs> I start, I start my piece with, um, you know, Air, Air is a film for today with its big name cast. It's the kind of inspiring all American movie that we love so much. And then, no, wait, it's not about that at all. You know, it's about building a sports company um, around the celebrity's image. And so I go into how right. a lot of children died over their you know over air jordan shoes basically but they don't tell that part of the story so yeah all right well we'll have to have you back on and we'll discuss that and much more karen hunt thank you for coming on go see her Substack break free with karen hunt ruckus you gotta got any words to take us out 30 seconds left 20 seconds all right uh luke 645 <laughs> the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for out of the overflow of his heart his mouth go. speaks god bless you guys you you guys are good god bless you keep listening to